You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and today's episode is a fun one, you guys. It's book recommendations. The whole crew is here, Tony, Matt, Emma, me, and we're just talking about the things we're reading this summer and some of our favorite reading picks for you guys. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll come back to you in the next conversation. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and you guys are not going to believe all of the people in this room. So exciting. Introductions, starting with... Tony Meltenberger. Yay! <laughs> that <was intense>. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you've been traveling. It's good to see you again. Yay. You know, summer, summer has been very good to my family. You're looking pretty tan. I know, well. relaxed. It's, it's a combination of the beach and baseball, two of my favorite bees. Mm-hmm. I'm Matt Reynolds, by the way. Emma Winchester. And yay, we're all together on this podcast episode. We're going to talk about some fun things. Really, um, it's summer, so we thought it's the perfect time to talk about a summer reading list. Everybody does a little bit of reading over the summer, right? I think so. I think most people take that time to decompress mm-hmm. and then they add in, right? When when schedules decrease, learning increases, I think, which might be a whole different podcast topic to talk about. Yeah, that sounds creating like... Creating space. Mm-hmm. But we thought we would just take a little time and talk about some of our favorite books. And maybe if you're looking for something to read, maybe you're unfamiliar with some of these titles or maybe some of these will be favorites that you'll be you'll think, oh, I'll want to revisit that. So. Yeah. So the category I think that we're talking about is really just books that we would either that we've read recently or sometime in the past that we think could be beneficial to other Christians or people in ministry. And it could be a little bit random because that's what, you know, all of us have read a lot of different books, both recently and in the past. And we're trying to narrow down before we started recording, like what books we might want to share on this podcast. It will be a lot random, actually, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we, the books, we all the book selection is very different, in this very different. <laughs> which is good. Something for everyone. Great. So who's going to start? So uh, these are books that you might want to add to your summer reading list and we'll link to them in the show notes sure via amazon so you can just one click there and go for it so ladies first margaret you're up okay well um i read a lot and so this is very hard for me to come up with one book so i'm just gonna go with the heart choice and um for me the heart choice they're really two but they're both short and you should just get them both one is the way of the heart by henry nowen yes so good. I mean, I, I've read it and read it and reread it, and it's just been a um, seasonal life read for me, and it's a good one. Brief synopsis of the book. Uh, brief synopsis is it's really a very meditative book, and it's really about uh, exploring the spiritual principles of uh, the desert fathers and mothers and sort of like how you establish that inner cell. So the you know, the desert mothers and fathers, they lived in caves or cells and um, they had this very simple existence unified with God. Everything about their lives was oriented around holiness and being led by the spirit. And it's just how do you establish that inner stillness and quiet with the Lord within yourself all the time? Mm. It's just beautiful. So there's that. And then the other one is The Life of St. Anthony by Athanasius. <laughs> also, 
<laughs> another desert father, but uh, close to my heart because does some deliverance in that book. <laughs> yeah, there's some kind of wild stuff in there. Yeah, you had to read that for your demon, right? Yeah, we did. We read it as one of in one of our modules, and I really it was maybe my favorite thing that we read throughout those several years. Yeah. I like I like old stuff like that. I, yeah. I think that there's something really beautiful about things that have stood the test of time. Um, you know, there's count, there's a lot of good new books also, but I think there's it's nice to balance the two and like read contemporary stuff, but also read stuff that's like been around for hundreds of years and like mm-hmm. has some longevity and weight to it. Yeah. So th- those are my two choices. They're short reads. And one is sort of more uh, contemplative and sort of internally reflective is going to cause you to do a lot of sort of internal question asking. But Life of St. Anthony is just rich. It's wild and um, also causes you to think about things. Those are my choices. Nice. Next. Who's going next? Go ahead, Emma. I guess I can. I'm just going to share what... I've been reading. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, earlier this year, I finished reading Confessions. So that was an awesome book. By Augustine of Hippo. Yeah. Yep, yep. That was an awesome book. Uh, me and my friend, and we did a little study on that. Um, and then I am right now currently reading The Imitation of Christ. Who is that by, Matt? Thomas Akempis. Yeah, Kempis, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then also the four loves by C.S. Lewis. Mm. And so, uh, what what have you enjoyed about uh, those? You're also reading some older things, and so what? Yeah. What have you enjoyed, and why would you recommend them to others? Um, I love. Well, first of all, I read multiple books at once, and over the past year ish, um, or really, I guess at the beginning of this year. Uh, I felt an invitation from the Lord to really just dig deep into um, into his heart and also just into the history of the church. And so to know, you know, the prayer life and um, just how to devote yourself more and more to the Lord, that's kind of what I've been reading about. Um, and then also... I recommend these, but it's not necessarily on my like leisure list. I'm reading, uh, I just finished A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis, and I am reading The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis. And really the invitation with that for me was, I read those on vacation, which... That's what I read on vacation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Michael Crichton and C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I, I realize that that might not be everybody's top choice. But for me, it was purely just out of um, the Lord's invitation to, you know, dig deep into suffering and pain so that I can also, you know, experience the fullness of joy and life in him. So <laughs> we're all exchanging looks because of course, to dig deep into the experiencing the how did you say it? <laughs> an invitation? <laughs> What can I say? No, My book good. list is like mm. uh, whiplash compared to yeah. <laughs> so that's that's typical, you know, typical twenty-year-old reading right there. Yep. But mm-hmm. but C.S. Lewis no, is amazing, wonderful, yeah. and astounding, and yeah. those are excellent, excellent, edifying books. Yeah. 
I, I want to add a second for the imitation of Christ, but this doesn't count as one of my books. That's fine. We can I'm talk just, about as many books as I'm just want. adding a second to that. I've read through it multiple times, um, and I've never just sat down and just read through it in the way that I would read other books typically because of how it's divided into these yeah. different books and then sections within that. It's such a good book to use as a devotional practice, and I've done that many times now. And um, there's stuff in there that's just thought-provoking, convicting, yeah, uh, humbling, um, you know, leads you to place of confession and repentance and um, back to the blood of Christ. I mean, all, there's just so many powerful things in in that work um and i think that's why it's a classic that's been read by so many people for so many years yeah i mean i find myself when i'm reading that stopping almost after every paragraph or really after every yeah. section and i'm like i gotta sit with that for a second mm -hmm. it's a pretty a, a lot of stuff to reflect on packed into a very dense yeah. kind of yep. yeah but really like just to learn from people like that you know who can just say those things so bluntly yeah yeah, yeah it's good well okay, next i was trying to think of i i'm actually going to share a couple of books that are not necessarily ones i've been reading recently um the most recent book that i was just i started it earlier this year and then i got distracted and reading other stuff and then I just picked up again the other day was um Beth Moore's recent autobiography mm. so that that's been very interesting I remember being with you when you read that on the plane and you were weeping the whole time <laughs> you know it, she's very vulnerable in there and um, about her life and abuse that she experienced and anyways I just I think I find her to be a very fascinating Christian leader right now and her own experience of moving from the Southern Baptist world now more recently into the Anglican world. And yeah. anyways, I just found that to be a very um, interesting life story. And so I've appreciated that. Um, but the ones that I was going to uh, recommend for today, mm, I'm going to share three. Uh, I'm violating the rules already. One is... The rules. No, the uh, rules. It was one book. I know. Oh, I failed. We failed already. I didn't so catch that. The thing is, that. you're reading all of them at once. So that, for me, gets a little bit more grace than what Matthew's about to do. I know, but these are three of my all-time... <laughs> no, no. Two of my all-time favorite right. books plus one other. Keep, just keep it moving. Just one is... You got it. Number one, if I was only going to pick one to recommend, especially for ministry leaders, if they've never read it, it's a short book. It's a classic book that sold millions of copies. Master Plan of Evangelism uh, by Robert Coleman. Mm -hmm. and uh, Tony and I had to arm wrestle over who was going to get to share this one because it's, it's my, the book that I read every year, probably with, mm -hmm. with yeah. someone I'm discipling. It's definitely, I use it as a disciple making tool because Coleman does such a great job yeah. of putting language around Jesus style disciple making. Yeah, for sure. And it was very transformational for me. I first read it when I was in college at the recommendation of uh, a ministry leader, the, of the college ministry that I was a part of. And the thing that struck me was how simple and convicting that it was. It's like he just does such a powerful job of highlighting the way that Jesus went about his ministry. And what it does is it illuminates 
the difference between that and what we typically try to do in churches today. And that creates a lot of conviction in me whenever I read that. Um, and so the relational multiplication that happened through Jesus with his disciples and then on from there, um, I think is something that we need to spend more time thinking of. Like we, we often, you know, we're, we're obsessed with Jesus message, which we should be, but we often neglect to recognize his method. And we need to be as serious about his method as we are his message. And I think that book is one that helps us. Um, and and honestly, I think I've recommended it and read it with a couple of people that I've discipled. And I think it's one that we need more of the folks in our churches reading to catch a glimpse, a, you know, a picture for how they can be a part of this multiplication movement that Jesus started. So that's one. Uh, for pastors, I, I want to throw in uh, Eugene Peterson's book, The Pastor, mm. which is um, kind of like an autobiography. It's not a like a complete autobiography, kind of reflection on different parts of his life. And I, I read that, I think, last year or the year before. It didn't come out that long ago, a few years ago. And... I could have added several different uh, books from Eugene Peterson, but I think for people in ministry, there's something about the way that he writes and reflects on ministry that is super important, especially in the way that it pushes back against our sort of ultra competitive, Mm -hmm. consumer minded Mm -hmm. mentality in church right now. And he's someone who has had a tremendous impact on so many people through his ministry and through his writing. And yet when you read it, he lived just a humble, normal pastoral life. He pastored a normal church, not a mega church, and just went about his ministry in just a normal, beautiful way. He talks about the rhythms of rest in his life. I don't know. I just found his own reflection on his ministry. Another one of his little books, and he has a little series of books that are pretty short. One of them is called The Contemplative Pastor. That's also extremely convicting uh, book for me that had a big impact. But anyways, The Pastor by Eugene Peterson, that that self-reflection I thought was really helpful. And the last one, it's a little bit in the same vein as far as uh, the way it, it had a, an effect on me, is just a book called Humility by Andrew Murray. Mm. And it's another kind of a classic. It's a short book that packs a big punch. And I think anyone who's leading anything in ministry should read that book and um, you will be convicted. <laughs> like you just read a paragraph and then it punches you in the face. And you're like, am I a Christian? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's good though. I mean, it's, I, I think especially in the current Christian climate with the collapse of all of these leaders and the sort of like, yeah, our tendency to affirm aggressive sort of, when it all costs kind of leadership, a book like Humility by Andrew Murray is extremely important. And um, yeah, it, I think it gets at the heart of how we Im- take on the likeness of Jesus in our lives and ministry. Love it. All right, Tony Miltenberger. Tony, what up. do you got? Tony's going to add something interesting, I know, because he's always reading the most interesting stuff. He he finds these things, and I you do I don't read know where a he comes. Shocking com- number of books. Well, so one of the benefits of podcasting, mm. as much as I do, is that publicists send me books yeah. 
regularly. So, you know, two to four books a month is not uncommon for me to get. And then um, I do something called a podcast read, and it's just a quicker version of reading. That, that being said, I'm going to share one that I got through a publicist that turned into a podcast interview that was really good. And then the other one I'm going to share from myself. And I'm going to share the one for myself first. It's a, a guy by the name of Dan Martell. And Dan Martell is not a Christian, and this is not a Christian book. It's a business book, and he writes a, a book called Buy Back Your Time. And it's the idea about how to stay focused on the main things in your life. Mm. And so how do you get more time to do the things that, my words, not his, God has called you to do? And how do you get focused on that? And how do you outsource the parts of your ministry that are both like zapping uh, time-wise, but that also zap you energy and emotionally? And so how do you become ultra productive at doing the things that God has called you to do and are most uh, pertinent for your mission? He, he would say business, but I, I synthesize all that to kind of put it in the context of ministry and what does that mean and look like. And um, it's got a, it had a pretty profound you know, impact on the way that I looked at my calendar and the events of my calendar that oftentimes suck up a lot of time. And so I began to outsource some things um, because of it and just kind of change that whole thought process. So buy back your time, Dan Martell. It's really, it's a productivity book. So if you don't love that kind, it's definitely not going to give you a deep revelation of anything else talked about. (laughs) In in terms of standing the test of time writing, this is not that. But it's very practical. It's very practical. It's important to think about those things. Well, and you know, that's an area that I love to think about a lot. And when I work with leaders a lot, that's typically one of the things that we're often wrestling with. Awesome. So the second book is a book that turned into a podcast um, by a lady named Natalie Runyon. And and it's uh, a book called Raised to Stay. And Raised to Stay is an, her Instagram account as well, if you want to follow her on Instagram. And it's about what it means to stay in the church. She's a pastor's kid who suffered a tremendous amount of uh, pain watching her dad lose his job. Mm. And when the church kicked him out, she had a front row seat to that. And um, she tells the story. And she has a heart to see the church renewed. And I really appreciated her voice, both on social media, but in the book. She tells this incredible story of how she got invited back to the 100th anniversary of this church. Um, and she thought that the church hated her dad. Mm. And yet, um, she, she, said, she said in the book, I walked in and the smells and the sights and the saints were all the same. And she begins to tell the story about how if she hadn't stayed in the church, she never would have reconciled the pain caused by the church. And as someone who has just seen a lot of church hurt and have have probably hurt some people along the way, it gave me a lot of hope. That's awesome. Okay, so this is a shorter episode because, look, you are going to get a bunch of book recommendations and then you should just, you know, hit up Amazon or uh, an actual brick and mortar bookstore. I don't know if those still exist. But anyway... Um, before we wrap up, what's one sort of like, you know, I feel like pastors are always looking for books to recommend to people, to their, to their sheep who are like, what can I, you know, how can I learn more or what's something that, you know, will help me grow closer in Christ or maybe you have some baby Christians 
and they need some some things to help them. So this is an on the fly question, listeners. So we'll see how these answers go. But um, what is one book to recommend to a brand new Christian? Mm, the Gospel of John. Mm. <laughs> okay, the Gospel of John. Yes. Okay. Well, now, I, so listen, I would actually recommend Master Plan of Evangelism. That's yeah. that's one of my okay. go-to's, right? I would also do Lost Art of Disciple Making or uh, Discipleship Essentials by Ogden. Mm-hmm. Those are books that when people come to me and like, hey, I, I want to be, I'm interested in getting discipled. The Way of the Alongsider by Bill Mowry. That's another one. I've, I have a whole plethora of disciple making resources. That's typically where I will lead. Um, a really easy book to read is a, a book on prayer by Adam Weber called Talking to God. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's like a thirty thousand word kind of book. Like it's very like entry level. What does it mean to pray? Kind of awesome um, by a guy who's who's out there doing ministry. Cool. All right. This isn't for a new Christian, so it's not even the question you asked, but it made me think of it. Uh, when you're talking about disciple making, another book that I've used a lot is called Transforming Discipleship, I think it's... Yeah, Transformative Disciple... Transforming Discipleship. It's by Greg Ogden also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the subtitle is How to Make Disciples a Few at a Time. And it's, again, it's it's sort of the master plan of evangelism shift in a contemporary... Well, Ogden's... We don't need to get into this now, but Ogden is really into the group disciple-making model. Yeah, it's yeah. the triads versus... That's what this whole book is about. Where Coleman would be a little bit more one-on-one kind yeah. of... So depending on what discipleship model you like. But it still fits that whole sort of philosophical shift that every person is intended to make disciples. Every mm-hmm. follower of Jesus should be making disciples, and that book really makes that point strongly. And in fact, it has... I often, uh, when I'm talking about disciple making i've used the he has one of the chart in that book that's about that highlights you know these two hypothetical scenarios of one is someone an evangelist who wins someone to christ every day for a year and then another person who disciples one person for the entire year to the point that they could go and addition versus multiplication he's got that that kind of stuff in there um, okay. In a more recent book, our that's book podcast cool. is is becoming a discipleship podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, not that that's bad. I mean, the church should be a care about disciples. They should. <laughs> well, okay, but what is the answer, baby Christian? Recommendation? I'm coming to you next, Emma. Uh, I don't have an answer to that question, but I have an answer to another question. <laughs> Well, it's officially off the rails. We're off the rails. Go ahead, Emma. We're ready. Go ahead. My answer is, well, I don't know if this book is good or not for baby Christians. I haven't necessarily Did you read it? it out. Yes, I did. Okay. Well, then it was good for you, maybe. It was, but this was years into my walk with the Lord, but it was very foundational for me um, in understanding the Father's love, which there is never a better time to understand mm-hmm. the Father's love. Every day is a good mm-hmm. day yeah. for that. So um, this book was given to me by my spiritual mother. Um, it is called Abba's Child mm. by Brennan Manning. Brennan Manning. And I think that this book would be good for whether you're a baby Christian or a mature Christian. Um, I just remember reading it and being like, you could be in any season of life and this truth still reigns true. Yeah. So you have an answer, Matt? Uh, this is not... This, yeah. I, well, we're doing a podcast now where you you make up your own question and then you answer the question you want to answer. 
answer. So technically, Emma did at answer the question. Like she well, answered it from ish. the perspective of okay. Anyway. So two okay two books. Uh, I'm also cheating and looking at my bookshelf while we're doing this. It's so cheating. Um, Mere Christianity. Yeah. So uh, such classic. A good one. Classic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also think from a sort of if it's someone. Oh, so I have three. I lied. If it's someone who is more uh, rationally minded and likes to yes. think through the faith, I would say Reason for God Timothy Keller. by Tim Keller because that is a great mm-hmm. introduction into sort of ap- apologetic type thinking. Mm-hmm. Defending the faith. And it's I found that to be helpful with people who maybe are struggling to sort of match up what they're, they're feeling about Christ and the intellectual barriers that they have. Sure. And the third one I was going to say, which is in a different vein altogether, but was really influential for me back again. I probably was a freshman in college when I read it, and it was Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Mm. And it was the first That's time. That's a good one. That is an awesome book. I, I think the, that book, what it did for me was it was maybe the first time in my life where I realized I can actually make choices intentionally to put myself in a place to grow in Christ. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be accidental. Like there's a lot of tools at my disposal Mm -hmm. and ways that I can order my life to move in the direction that I'm longing to go, you know? Yeah. And something I love about that book too, is I have used it recently as like a, as needed basis. So if I'm struggling with a certain discipline, you know, that book is split up into sections. Right. um, And you can go back and just read, okay, how can I implement this in my life right now? I'm struggling with this discipline or I want to grow in this area. Yeah. Or like, yeah. What, how do I get started with fasting? Right, right, right. Or what's the point of fasting or whatever. I mean, there's so many, there's so many interesting ones in there, but it's a good it's a good introduction to spiritual disciplines in general. There's a ton of books on spiritual yeah. disciplines, but that that's a classic. I think um, I read this years and years and years ago, and I haven't read it in forever, but I've recommended it many, many times. And um, it's a book by Philip Yancey, which came out ages ago called What's So Amazing About Grace. Now, there have been several different editions of this book that have come out since then, like once for youth, one for... for I say just go with the OG, the the one without like pictures on every page. I know that sounds crazy, but like get the one with the words. The words are what matter. (laughs) And um, it's a more popular level book, but it was one of those books that my mom gave me and she was like, here, read this. And I was like, okay. But it just, it was good. It kind of stuck with me and um, it, it has sort of, foundational basic theological approaches to different topics it's more topically oriented so i think this would be that this is my hardcore recommendation for someone who's like i am a secular person i'm considering the merits of christianity and god seems like a meanie to me Mm. okay well let's talk about grace that's good yeah yeah Mm. I want to, I got one more I want to throw out for our Methodist Wesleyan folks. Heck yeah. And I'm guessing a lot of, if they're pastors, they may have read it, but it's by a good friend of ours. And I want to throw it out there because it was super influential to me a number of years back. And that is the short book, Mainliner Methodist Mm -hmm. by our friend Scott Kisker. So hard to find though. Yeah, if you can it find is. it, you're going to pay money for it. It's it's such a good book, though. They, they made us read it in uh, licensing school. That rocked me when I first read it. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, it just gave me greater passion for 
the things that fueled the Methodist movement originally yeah. and how we got where we are. I you mean, know. yeah. Yeah, that's good. It is a good one. Mainliner Methodist. And so, all right. Well, you've got a lot of options there. This is a lot of sort of like good. Yeah, now that the ball's rolling, there's like a thousand bucks. I know. Okay. Last, last Rex. Last Rex. Like got to read if, on any topic. Go ahead, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Resident Aliens. Ooh, that's an old one from William wow. Willimon. Yeah, a little off the rails now. Doctor David Watson asked, recommended that that I read it, and we read it together. Uh, just a, you know, just a reminder of what we're called to be. Amen. That is a good one. Um, anything. Go nope. for it, Emma. I got nothing. Nothing. No. Nope. She more. also That's wants to say books. emotionally healthy spirituality by Pete oh, Scazzaro. Yeah, that was a great book. You love that book. Yep. That's a very helpful book. It was, yep. Right on. Matt, anything? I, I mean, I've given like a dozen already, but that's good for today. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, friends. Uh, lots of good reading material there. And look, our our tradition is rich and full of all kinds of mm-hmm. perspectives and expressions of the faith. And um, so you only have about, you know... 2000 plus years worth of material to choose from (laughs) so you'll find something good anyway uh, (laughs) and there's only like six weeks of summer left yeah so you know get on it oh man (laughs) i i do think it's good just to highlight that reading is an important discipline not just for pastors and leaders it's just an important discipline for the christian life Mm -hmm. And it's a way that we uh, participate in the communion of saints. Yeah. Like we get to um, learn from and sort of be in, in so, you know, in, in a way, be in relationship with brothers and sisters from other places and ones who have gone before us yeah. and learn from their walk with the Lord. And um, that's good. I think it's a, that is a healthy discipline for all Christians to to participate in and in a a world that's more dominated by quick hit social media stuff and yeah. 10 second video clips on reels and all that kind of stuff it's an important discipline for Christians to continue to intentionally nurture in their lives amen and uh you know there's just endless fodder for other podcasts about Wesleyan friends or topics and course we didn't touch on any any of the weirder sort of we didn't even we didn't even get into like uh supernatural supernatural there's a lot we could do a whole thing just on resources related to the holy spirit Spirit. and stuff like that yeah well another time so it'll keep you coming back for more that's been our episode for today thank you so much for listening if you want to support the mission and ministry of spirit and truth head on over to our website spiritandtruth.life slash give also while you're there register for one of the three spirit and truth conferences registration is open now and you guys people are already registering things are filling up so get your spot in conroe texas mobile alabama or dayton ohio all right we'll come back to you in the next episode bye bye